You're listening to SuperPod Recession Proof Your MSP, presented by SuperOps.ai, where we ask experts, analysts, and business owners what MSPs need to do now to recession proof their MSP and keep their foot on the growth pedal. Hello, everyone. Welcome back to SuperPod Recession Proof Your MSP. I'm Radhika Nair, SuperOps.ai's in house storyteller and your host. Joining me today is Matt Solomon. He's a veteran in the MSP industry. He was the first employee at cybersecurity firm ID Agent. He's co-founder of MSP-focused vendor marketplace channel program. Matt is a sales and marketing expert and before launching channel program, ran a consultancy business where he supported MSPs and others with their go-to market strategies. He, he is here to talk to us about how MSPs can leverage their network for growth. Welcome, Matt. So glad to have you here. Excellent. I'm very excited to be here. And uh, no, thank you for uh, for putting this together to, to talk and help educate uh, MSPs. Yeah, and uh, really glad to have this uh, conversation on this topic because this is something that, uh, you know, when I speak to MSPs uh, and business owners, they, keep, they talk about how sales and marketing remains a, a challenge for them. So this is something that will be uh, really useful, I'm hoping. But I wanted to, you know, first step back, uh, considering, you know, and again, recently I was reading news reports about how there is talk about, you know, recession hitting the U.S. Um, in the second half of the year, and we are almost there. And, um, you know, we have seen that the macroeconomic conditions, there are challenges, there is a lot of, uh, you know, chatter around layoffs happening and all of that. But of course, on the other side, the industry wisdom is that, you know, MSPs will not get affected and we do see uh, MSPs growing. But I wanted yep. to get, uh, you know, a sense from you about when you are talking to MSPs, when you are working with them, what is it that you are hearing from them? What is the uh, sense that you're getting? Yeah, I mean, look, there's no way to ignore what's happening around the world and in the U.S. I I I would say like I've been at many conferences over the last couple of weeks and I would tell you that the general sense is optimistic, uh, but realistic. So I think everybody knows, you know, that this kind of economic downturn is happening and existing. But to your point, has it affected the MSPs in the same way as it's affecting other industries? And I, I think collectively right now, the answer is, is no, because uh, we are seeing lots of MSPs growing. Uh, and if you look at any industry reports, at least so far, you know it, it's it, it's pretty optimistic from from that standpoint. Uh, obviously, it's critical infrastructure for any business to run, uh, whether they're laying off employees at the time or not. Um, I think certainly, if I was to focus on opportunity, you know, one of the interesting opportunities that I think in the MSP space, hiring has been a, a major issue. Um, mm. But what we're seeing is obviously lots of layoffs coming from the technology companies, larger technology companies uh, in the space. And there's now an opportunity to potentially get talent that wasn't available before. Uh, so, you know, I think there's some really interesting opportunities that also present themselves during these times. But I do think it also kind of playing into what we're going to talk about is what are you going to do if things slow down? What changes are you going to make? And you should definitely right. be thinking about that now versus when it all 
maybe goes down. <laughs> yes. And in fact, that that was uh, going to be my next question to you. You know, is it business as usual? Just because MSPs, uh, you know, might not get affected. Does it mean it's just business as usual? They don't have to do anything differently? Uh, no, I, I definitely think, I don't think it's business as usual per se. Um, mm. I do think, yeah, I think you, I think you continue, you know, obviously with the optimism, but I, I do think it has to be in the back of every MSP's head that, you know, what if, you know, things start to affect the MSP industry, what, how am I going to potentially, you know, get new clients during that, um, that period? What are some of the conversations I should be having with small businesses to talk about this? And it's an opportunity as, as we get into it today to talk about how to be a, become a thought leader during a tough economic downturn. You could become the go-to resource on some of that stuff and make it related around technology. So there's, I do think, think there's an opportunity, but you definitely want to be the one talking about it versus your competitors. Right. And, um, you know, I wanted to come to the topic that we were discussing, right, and um, about networking itself. But I also wanted to, you know, this is something that I keep hearing from a lot of people that, you know, a lot of MSPs are, you know, uh, they are good at tech, not so good at the uh, sales and marketing side of things, not so good at the, um, or not so interested or not so naturally inclined towards mm -hmm. the more uh, market-facing side of things. And, uh you know, networking is a part of that, right? So this is something that a lot of us are not so great at. So even before talking about leveraging the network, right? I wanted you to touch upon this about, you know, why networking itself matters. And when you look at uh, networking and leveraging your network, what are the things that, you know, MSPs can do? Why, why is it important and what can they do to get started there? Because this is something that, you know, a lot of us know we need to do. But how yep. was the stage? Yeah, no, it's a, it's a great question. So one of the things that I would kind of focus in on, and you, you addressed it, which is jet, you know, being honest with yourself, sales, sales and marketing is a struggle area for a good portion of the MSP industry because they come from a technical background. Uh, but I, look, sales and marketing, regardless, even if you're good at it, is constantly evolving and that's what makes it so challenging i mean even when people are in it on a daily basis you're always having to evolve and that that does make it really challenging but if you look at most industry reports the number one pain point generally is sales and marketing for an msp and part of it's not having the background part of it is also not having the bandwidth slash staff right it might be a small business owner who doesn't have a marketing person and things like that so that all plays a factor and it's why there's so many sales and marketing MSP peer groups out there that are very successful because it brings people together, it creates accountability. So, you know, that is one avenue that if you're an MSP and you're really struggling for sales and marketing that you can, you can, can look into, you know, leveraging your vendors is also a really good opportunity. I mean, I, I know super ops is very good at marketing. I've, I've been part of a lot of efforts that you all have done and you guys are very good at leveraging your network. And so, you know, I often look at what other people are doing um, and you don't have to copy it, but you can emulate it to some degree, right? It doesn't, you have to make it your own, right. but I often look to other industries, like what are other, in other industries doing and how do I make it applicable to, to my industry? Um, you know, the, oftentimes a lot of the experts, when they talk about starting your business, they'll talk about making your dream 100 list for clients. 
like our prospects, right? Targeting a hundred prospects. Well, when we start talking about networking, you really can do the same thing, you know, and who are the, who are the main connectors in, in my local industry, my local area that could get the word spread about what I'm doing as a business owner or, or have me on a podcast or whatever that is, whatever things you could potentially leverage, who are those super connectors, you know, and, and I think it's incredibly important to leverage those, those types of people uh, because oftentimes you'll find that if you just ask or mm. you reach out, you'll, you'll get those connections. And so I think it's incredibly, and I know we'll, we'll dive into like kind of the specific strategies, uh, but I think starting with, and maybe it doesn't have to be a hundred, it could be 25 if, if it's hundred might sound daunting, but you know, who are those main connectors in your space? Because I, the way I look at it is, you know, if you go by like LinkedIn statistics, and I'm not just saying you have to post on LinkedIn specifically, but that's one area, 1% of people on LinkedIn, you're talking about hundreds of millions of people post on a regular basis. So if you think about that from a competitive standpoint, 99% of your competitors are not posting. Mm. And so like, that's just a, such a massive opportunity. And and that's something that we were discussing earlier, right? The social media part of it, because a lot of us think even now in this uh, day and age, right? We still think of at least, I guess it's um, those of us who are not born into the digital era. We do think of networking more in the physical sense of it, like like the peer groups you mentioned or the meetups that we have, right? Or, or uh, you know, we confine ourselves to that geographical space, especially when you're looking at MSPs who are mostly catering to one geographic region. But social media does play a very important role now, right? And that's something that a lot of us are not naturally inclined to uh, leveraging. So um, so that if, if you could, uh, you know, uh, maybe detail that out a little more about, you know, what, how, how um, MSPs need to look at social media as well. Yeah, so I, I think number one, you have to be where your customers are. So in some industries that might be Facebook, it might be LinkedIn, it might be some, it might be Slack. It, de it depends, it's gonna vary uh, by industry. But also you can't let your own feelings about a, a social network cloud your judgment on participating. And, and I'll use LinkedIn as a perfect example because a lot of, and I've spoken to thousands of MSPs over the, over, over the years, I've been to almost, 250 conferences over the last five years. So I know the feeling is that I get bombarded by salespeople on LinkedIn. I get somebody connects with me. They send me a sales message. It's just a bunch of junk, but it isn't just a bunch of junk. There is the people who I would say do LinkedIn incorrectly, mm -hmm. but what that does is it creates an MSP owner who's only seeing it in the lens of how they've been approached versus thinking of it, okay, I'm going to do this differently and it's going to make me stand out. You know, it's, so it's connecting with people, not asking for anything in return yet, but providing content for those people, you know, early on in the ID agent days, even when a customer had maybe said no to me, uh, in terms of signing up, I would just always leverage things in the news because we were a cybersecurity based vendor. And so anytime there was a local story, that involved an MSP that had maybe said no to me previously, and it was specific to their, you know, their um, uh, location. I would send them a, a news clipping, and I didn't ask for anything. I just said, "Hey, John, I, I thought this news might be interesting to talk about within your your customer base." I didn't 
I didn't ask for a meeting. I didn't ask for anything. Right. I was just giving, right? And what that ends up doing is it comes back. It's not immediate, but it does come back when they start thinking about, oh, I actually, I do need this product. And Matt right. has been nothing but giving me resources since the, the initiation of our conversation on LinkedIn. So there's ways to really leverage those things. But the most important part of it is it is you got to be where they are. Um, mm. You know, MSPs, a lot of them are on Facebook. So as a vendor, you have you should be in these Facebook forums having conversations if you can. Um, mm. Even if, you know, it crosses over that in Facebook, it's personal versus business, which is tough. Yeah. yeah. But that's where they are. So that's that's where I have to be. Yeah. Being available and and one of the uh, you know one of the main points that you mentioned is that the long term focus right you can't really expect immediate results every time you can't expect you know okay I've done this now on social media or you know I've gone for this meetup and expecting that you know immediately you'll start seeing results so that's something that everyone needs to keep in mind. Yeah, and, and you know I think one of the things that, that anybody struggles with, regardless of whether you're an MSP or not, is what content to put out there. And what I would tell you is, first of all, there's a million resources for what content you can put out, mm. but just some of like the low hanging fruit that I could just give advice to somebody. Think about the frequently asked questions that your prospects ask. Like that is to me, like the easiest thing to, to, to put videos together. So you have 10 frequently asked questions, just answer those questions on a video and put them, each one of them out as separate videos. And then you've got a collection of you know, eight to 10 videos just from FAQs, you know, so think about that. Think about the pain points of your industry. Like pain points are obviously going to be one of the, the best things to be talking about. And then leveraging the news, as I mentioned, especially, you know, it's probably the easiest if you're in cyber, uh, if you're a cyber security focused MSP, which really every MSP has to be at this point. Uh, so, you know, leveraging specific articles that are going to resonate with your audience. And so when I say that is, it's one thing to show them that Marriott got breached. Mm. It, it may it may affect them on a personal level, but it doesn't affect their business per se. What I would show a manufacturing company is an example of a manufacturing company getting breached. Nice. Things like that. And obviously the more local, the better. Uh, but I think industry specific is really important. And it's a great way to put out you know, all you're doing is providing commentary on, a, on an article that's already been written. But that's a great right. way to put out video or share or share the content. That's how a lot of these influencers, all they're doing is repurposing other people's content and providing their own commentary on it. Right. And and um, like like we were discussing earlier, positioning yourself as a thought leader, right? Like you mentioned, the commentary part of it, the opinion part of it, showing your expertise becomes important then. Yeah, showing the expertise and just showing up in their feeds. Um, we talked before, right? Whether people you know, want to believe it or not, perception is the reality. And yeah. the more you put out content, the more you show up in front of people. And obviously, it has to be intelligent content. But it's what ends up happening is you're going to get um, a company who sees you at another event and they'll be like, oh my gosh, I see your content all the time. Mm. And you don't even know that they are watching because most people, and I don't know the statistics, but most people don't actually comment or like your content, but that doesn't mean they don't see it. Yes. And so you're, what you'll experience is people coming up to you and saying, I've been watching you for the last year <laughs> and you just don't know it. And so that's why it's so important to constantly 
and consistently put out content um, because that is going to create a perception that you're a thought leader in this space. Obviously, if it's really good content, they're going to keep wanting to see it. Um, but it gets you it gets your name and brand out there. Right. And and this might be a bit of a segue, but, you know, in the age of chat GPT and, uh, you know, AI generated content, uh, and there is a lot of talk about, you know, uh, there's too much content as well. So how how um, how can uh, MSPs draw that line where, you know, they are, like you mentioned, it is useful content, but they are not, um, they are actually reaching that target. They are reaching the audience that they are seeking. Yeah. Um, so I think one, you definitely have to do a little bit of work in the beginning if you just kind of, and again, I, I, I tend to speak kind of in LinkedIn terms usually because that yeah. is obviously from a B2B um, uh, perspective, that's the most used. Um, yes. You know, when you're doing conferences and when you're doing any networking events and, and you get a list of people, you know, <laughs> make sure you're connecting with those people through through LinkedIn because Again, you want the right people to see your content. Um, you know, like I said, make that list. If there's certain, you know, if, if you have that dream 100 prospect list, make sure you're connecting to every one of those, you know, pertinent people uh, within those organizations through LinkedIn so that they start seeing your content, right? They might not be a client today, but they start kind of seeing your content. Um, so in terms of, I think, you know, how, like, quantity and quality. I, I think that's important. I think right now, if you kind of look at any of the statistics that are going around, shorter is better. Mm. Um, you know, 30 seconds, 60 seconds. It's very hard to hold somebody's uh, interest in today's world uh, for anything over 60 seconds. So, you know, breaking things down into clips. And it also allows you, you know, yeah, I, I'm positive you're going to take this interview and make it into various snippets. But what's neat about that is there's you can take a webinar and you can turn it into like 20 different pieces of content because you can yeah. break it down into individual segments. You could break it down into um, you could transcribe it into a blog. Yes. You know, so there's so many opportunities to, to take that stuff. I don't know if that fully answered the question, but no, you, you're um, giving away all our <laughs> secrets, Matt. <laughs> Yeah, but that's the entire point, isn't it, of something like this. But I also wanted to come back to the leveraging your network part, right? And yeah. and beyond this uh, world of social media, a lot of, uh, like we talk about how, you know, there are these peer groups that MSPs have. Then there are also the local industry bodies. There are a lot of these, um, you know, groups and associations and, um, you know, everything from a vendor group to um, to the local business community and all of that. So, business owners are entrenched in these various communities but how how is uh, how can they uh, you know like going back to that basic uh, leveraging part of it right are there some practical instances that you have seen that have worked really well because a lot of a lot of us uh, you know we are a little uh, wary or reticent about reaching out right about asking people you know can you something as basic as you know can you connect me with somebody if you want say an introduction to somebody even that we do think about. Um, so I wanted to understand, you know, what are some of the instances where you've seen this happen beautifully, where somebody or where you have, uh, you know, personally done this, if you could share some instances. Yeah. So one example I like to give quite a bit because the MSPs have pretty good relationships with a lot of the vendors they work with. 
in some cases, they work with 20 different vendors. And right. every one of those vendors is trying to put out interesting content to their user base. And MSPs are often a part of that because MSPs like hearing from other MSPs. And right. so one of the, to me, the easiest actionable things is reaching out to your current vendor community and, you know, telling them like, hey, look, you know, if, if there's an opportunity to talk about compliance, like if that's kind of an, you know, whatever your area of interest might be or, or expertise, you know, say, hey, if you ever got, if you guys ever do a panel or you need somebody at an in-person event and you want the MSP's perspective, you know, feel free to reach out to me. Uh, because making yourself available to a vendor who's already looking for these types of people makes it infinitely easier and more likely that you'll be featured. And what's neat about if you're featured on a panel, and I'll give you two examples, it's yeah. a copycat industry. So what mm. will happen is, you know, when I was at ID Agent, we would have an MSP on a panel. Well, then all of a sudden I would see that MSP was now on another person's panel and then another yes. person in our industry. So it's a copycat industry. Number two, you can leverage that coverage. Now that coverage might not, like the webinar might not mean anything to your end user, but taking a photo of yourself on a panel and saying, hey, I was featured in this, you know, you, you position it. I was just, uh, had a great time on this panel where I was asked uh, my expert opinion on compliance for small businesses. Well, now your prospects and clients are seeing that, wow, like Lisa's being featured on all these industry panels. Like she must know what she's talking about. Like, right. and yeah. so I think that's where, again, it, it starts creating that perception. Um, so th that's one example of a way that I would, and I've seen it time and time again, leveraging that. The other piece is, uh, it really does come down to letting people know what you do and what your expertise is. Um, mm. At ID Agent, we were a dark web product. And so we had a partner as part of his net, he, has, he was part of a BNI networking, I guess, group. And he just offered everybody in his BNI group a free dark web scan. And somebody in that group was a host of a radio show and was just kind of blown away by the information and said, hey, would you be interested in coming on and talking about the dark web uh, on, mm -hmm. the, on, our, on our show? And it ended up turning into a monthly spot that he was then featured in. And then again, got to take that and leverage it for another opportunity. Um, but you have to ask, I think, you know, if you wait around, I mean, yes, there's going to be people who discover you, but you have to make yourself available. You know, one of the things I would encourage you to do, because there's lots of speaking slots in various conferences and industries is write down what, you know, what your areas of expertise are, right? When, when you all reached out to me uh, and mm. asked what, what, what topics would, would interest me to talk about? You know, right. I generally have a list of four or five topics that I'm comfortable talking about. And so I think having that and then reaching out, you know, in this case, you all reached out, but it could have been the other way around where I said, hey, Super Ops, um, you know, here are five areas that I could speak about if it makes any sense. And it doesn't right. have to be some like huge email. It could just be me emailing you and saying, here are the five areas. If you ever have an interest in having me as a panelist, I'm available and right. just putting it out there. And it tends to, it tends to lead to opportunities. So I, I, that, that's the number one thing is you, you've got to put yourself out there to, to, for people to see, you know, and know what you, what, know what your expertise is. Right. Right. 
And um, I also wanted to understand, um, you know, one is positioning yourself as an expert for, you know, so that the um, the right set of customers reach out to you or the right audience knows about you. But also how about using that network for, say, the sales part of it? One is the knowing about it, knowing about mm -hmm. you as an expert. What about using your network for the you know, for, for an actual sale or for an actual closure. Yeah. So again, generally will be kind of a longer term play. Um, I think all of these opportunities can lead to sales opportunities. But if you're talking about, you know, maybe more proactive version mm. of it, you know, obviously once you, you would need to have established yourself within this network, you wouldn't do this right away, but at some point there's there's no harm in saying to somebody who you're connected with you know you know here's you know we've talked a lot in the past but i just want to make sure you, you're aware of what my company offers do you know anybody that might be interested in, in these services you know it's it's asking for the referrals and things like that mm -hmm. so i think that you know you have to earn the right to ask that i think uh but that is definitely something i would encourage people to do most people want to people please and, uh. and do want to find somebody for you to have a conversation with. I mean, they obviously can't guarantee you a sale, but if you ask people generally will be receptive, um, you know, to, to provide and referral that. Referral is one of those, right. Where, where if you get this done effectively, especially if you have, uh, and I've heard uh, this uh, and I've seen this multiple times in, um, you know, real life examples where, you know, your existing customer base, they are the best way to get your next set of customers, right, through. And, and in many cases, you don't really need, even need a referral program. You don't really need to, you know, give mm -hmm. them, uh, you know, a, 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 a you know monetary benefit or any benefit. It's mostly word of mouth. They're happy. If they're happy with your service, then they'll be happy to uh, suggest names or, you know, introduce you to somebody. And that's worked really well for uh, quite a few of us right so that that yeah um that's something that uh, a lot of people you know they just need to have those first initial set of conversations and then maybe have a you know process to it like okay if, if the customer has been around for a while then okay this might yeah. be the time to yeah and if, if if they're happy with the service then this might be the time to ask for a referral or ask to for an introduction maybe yeah i mean in some ways you know i mean msps are experts in automation. So you could have an automated process around it, you know, uh, obviously given the right amount of time period and things like that. But yeah, there's, I, I think the pr process is important for that because otherwise, yeah, you're just sort of doing it when you think about it, yes. uh, but putting it, putting a real process behind it, I think would be incredibly uh, uh, valuable. And to your point, you know, referral business is the number one way that MSPs get new clients. Now, it cannot be the only focus, but it is one of the number one right ways that they they do get new business. Right. And I also had a question about the social media part of it, especially when you're looking at, um, say, MSPs who are focusing on a specific geography, right, which is the case with the vast majority of um, uh, MSPs who are small and medium businesses. So when you're looking at that, is LinkedIn, uh, you know, the regular social media channels, right? The LinkedIn, the Facebooks of the world, are those the right um, the right platforms for the MSPs to use? What What's your suggestion when 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 they're looking to be 
you know, at a specific geography where it could be their local, their city, or maybe even a particular, mm-hmm. you know, region uh, within their state. You know, what 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 have you seen yeah. works? Best? I mean, I, you know, I can't speak for every industry. I would say, I mean, LinkedIn still to me is the main place. Now, I don't know. I'm not an expert in manufacturing, so I don't know for a fact that manufacturers all have LinkedIn profiles and things like that. Uh, so there obviously might be um, communities within the manufacturing companies that you, that they hang out and you should be a part of wherever those exist. And there's there's probably you know uh, organizations, uh, you know nonprofit organizations that are that deal with manufacturing companies and things like that. So find ways to be involved in those. But I do think you know while LinkedIn is can be widespread, if you're connecting with all local people that are that make sense in your network. You know, you're gonna reach on the local in local area within social media, and with LinkedIn, you know, if you upgrade to like Sales Navigator, you know, you can really do specific searches and target very specific people. So if I wanted, if I was in Cincinnati, which I was just yesterday, if I was in looking for business owners, manufacturing owners in Cincinnati. I can do that. And then let's say I got a list of 200. Well, that's 200 people I can now reach out, connect with through LinkedIn. But maybe I take it a step further and take some of that information and do some type of you know, mailing, like a physical yeah. mailing to them, introducing myself, you know, finding a way to stand out. Uh, but I think LinkedIn, and I, I'm not, and I don't get any, I don't get any commission from LinkedIn, but okay. <laughs> it is the biggest for a salesperson or an owner who you are a salesperson if you're an owner. Yeah. It's the biggest treasure trove of information for free for the most part that you could possibly get. I mean, whatever that company's posting you and that person may be posting, you're you're able to see this all in advance. Yeah. You know, so you're able to go into a conversation with knowing so much about them and and again, being able to provide them with content or with resources that you know are uh, are valuable to them without an ask immediately, right? Mm, I mm. would often see that a vendor was doing, I mean, an MSP was doing a webinar. They would post a, about a webinar, and I would reach out and say, "Hey, like, if you need any content about dark web monitoring, I'm happy to provide it. Even though you're not a customer of ours, I have this slide I think would be very interesting to your customer base." So. I wouldn't have normally you would never have known about that, but I saw yeah. it on their on their social media. So there's so many ways to leverage that. Right. And I think it comes back to that point you made earlier, right? Being where your customers are, you need to be present there in yeah. the first place. So it's about finding that out. It could be uh, like you mentioned, the LinkedIn group, or it could be on your Facebook group or just LinkedIn, or it could be a mm-hmm. actual physical community, you know, meetup that uh, could be happening regularly. So it's it's about that. And then offering, like you mentioned, information or valuable, uh, you know, uh, information or content that is uh, useful for them. So I think that's the starting point. Anything else that you wanted to add, Matt? Anything that we haven't covered? Uh, looking at my notes. I mean, I think we've covered most of it. You know, uh, again, I think I would almost just go back to, you know, you've, you've got to, to put yourself, you got to be proactive with it. Um, you know, there's such a big opportunity. So many people aren't leveraging the opportunity, which then makes it even a bigger opportunity. 
Uh, but you just have to have to put yourself out, out there, reach out to people and just remind yourself constantly that you are the expert in the room, mm. in, you know, in your audience, in your world, you know, more than 99% of the people of, about what you're talking about. So I think that's a really important thing to remind yourself. Cause I think MSP owners, I, I know because it's not their, their, uh, you know, main point of emphasis typically like to be speaking right. and things like that. But I think they often forget that they actually are the expert in the room when it comes to being in front of their audience. So reminding yourself that because you have a lot of value to bring to your customers and prospects. Right. Right. Brilliant, Matt. I think that's a great note to end this conversation on. But um, thank you so much for uh, being part of uh, Superpod. I look forward to having you here more often. I appreciate it. Thank you so much for the time.